0: Let's see where this magical conversation goes, Adam. Nice to see you, brother.
1: Good to see your show.
0: So for those that are watching this or listening to this, like uh, whenever and whenever that might be, now or in the future, um, these are the topics that we're going to play with today. And I'm excited for this. I can feel the excitement bubbling in my system as I um, mention these topics. So the the angels in the moment of awakening miracles love flower essences and plasma that's what i've got on the list nice so you know where i want to start with you adam is i heard you record a video i think just last week about the moment of your spiritual awakening or one of the most significant moments i think 10 11 years ago i think in ayahuasca um, which yeah, seems yep. to be a running theme in my conversations i 'm having right now, and you had quite a significant experience with an angel and mm-hmm. i want I want to hear that I would love to hear that story from you
1: yeah so i i was very i guess i 'll give a little bit of uh, background of how I got there i uh, I was living in well, in the Western world, and uh, and at, at toward the end of that time in London, I was living and working in London, and uh, I was just very sick. And uh, physically, I had some sort of infection where my head was always clouded, and I had very low energy, and just knew something was wrong. Lots of aches and pains, and I was like in my you know early to mid twenties. So, uh, so I, I just got to a point. Uh, where I was, uh, it was actually 2012. It was, uh, during the London Olympics. and I, and I remember it very clearly. There was a moment where I, I was at a women's beach volleyball game, like right outside of parliament, <laughs> you know, and every, it was London and most of the time, uh, Londoners are pretty serious. Not so happy, but this, everyone seemed pretty happy at this event, you know, and I was sitting there and I was just felt like totally miserable you know, in my body and my health and my life. And I just made a uh, resolution. I was going to buy a one-way ticket to the Amazon jungle to get better or to die trying. And that was my, my, that was the exact phrase I use. So, Mm. um, so I bought a one-way ticket and I started to do a lot of ayahuasca and I had done some ayahuasca before, like, uh, you know, back, I think the first time was the very end of 2010. And then I had, Gone the year before in 2011 to this gringo shaman named Ed who lived in uh, Cuenca, Ecuador. And I don't know how I found him. I think I found him online somewhere and just went to his house. And he kept saying, like, why are you here, Adam? And I'm like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really have a <laughs> deeper sense of anything. I was just kind of like trying to to manage my way through some health issues and trying to figure out a deeper purpose. Because, you know, I was making money, but I wasn't really fulfilled in my life at all and uh so so then i yeah so i did ayahuasca uh, uh, finally you know six times one for one time and then five times and then i did it a couple more times and nothing much had happened so that was like I, I, and i shouldn't say that in 2011 there's stuff that happened in that trip but then by in 2012 like i think the third time that i drink ayahuasca so it, you know it took a while for me to to get opened up it wasn't like right away, like, you know, I think some people, they want to go to the jungle and like the first day they want to have like, you know, the, the most amazing experience ever. And sometimes that happens, you know, for some people. I know it did for my ex. She had a, you know, a very powerful experience right away. But for me, it took a while to open me up and or maybe to detox me <laughs> enough to, to, you know, before I could do have anything deeper. But then I, I had an experience during an ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, where this being like very uh, definitively descended uh, Into my body and I could feel this being come in and the presence of this being and this being was just uh, Full of divine light and love uh, That was I mean we say we use the word love right we use the word love so casually Um but I had never met a love like this. I didn't know really what like true love was in a sense, you know, for me, this was just a love that was so pervasive and so all encompassing and so uh, fulfilling. And, and yeah, it just pervaded everything. It was just like the love of this, like angelic being was just so powerful that it just felt like it was like the Niagara Falls of love. You know, and it felt like to me, like my own heart was maybe just like a compare in comparison, like a small leaky faucet trying to turn <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? And uh, and uh, but 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 the amazing thing was, was that this angelic being at the beginning, I just felt it showering me with love and showering everything with love. And then at some point it kind of showed me, well, look, you have this within yourself. And it kind of it, it like almost opened something up within me. No, almost it did. It did open up something within me. Uh, you know, that showed me that I have this place also where I can connect to this field of love, you know. And and for it it was just completely for the for the angel it was just completely expanded already. You know, there's nothing blocking and it was just fully radiant. And for me it was like having to un you know, unbury it, you know, under mm. layers of all the accumulated stuff I had from this life and all the blockages, you know. So that's what I realized is that the unconditional love is always there for all of us. It's always somewhere deep within us because um, it's like innate to us, but we can get a lot of stuff piled on top of it, you know? So, you know, what good is a, is a Porsche going to do you if you have like, you know, 10,000 trash bags of buried on, you know, burying it, you know, you won't be able to drive it. And you won't be able to see it, nevertheless, drive anywhere. So, so you know, so that's, that's really the spiritual path, actually, I think is like unburying our, our hidden... Porsches, or uh, inside of us, you know. So
0: I do know. I can I can relate to the needing to go somewhere else because my health is not good. Uh, I too was in London nine years ago when I made that decision to leave, and I was like, I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I have no idea what's going to happen next, but I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And so I make that decision. And I love how you said, it. "I'm going to go." and I'm going to try and train this or I'm going to die. Right. And like, I need this so badly that I need to, I need to make a difference in a sense. The ego is dying all the time. Right. And there are levels of the self, which are are dying on the way to wherever we are going to.
1: Right. Totally. Totally. It's like, um, yeah, it's one long death process, right? (laughs) Most people, you know, some people, if they never get on this path, they just, They just die once, you know, in this body. But I think if you're in in the spiritual path and there's lots of mini deaths on the way (laughs) to wherever we're all heading, you know, at the end. So, um, and sometimes not even small deaths, sometimes very big deaths actually. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I love how you communicated the energy of that, that love. Because love is thrown around, that word, like, so is thrown around in our culture. Love this, love that. I remember 10 years ago when I was like, I didn't really know what love was. Like, I could see people, like, our oh, love. Our oh, people are saying love. People are saying love in like Christmas cars and birthday cars and love this and love that. And I didn't get it. I didn't know what it was because like, my mind was trying to understand it. It was like, I'm really annoyed with love because I don't understand it. <laughs> It was such an absurd feeling looking back like to where I am now and how I experience that, which is love. But yeah, back then we, we, I thought it was a thing.
1: I mean, the ancient Greeks would say there's different types of love, right? So they would talk about agape, which is unconditional love. And then they would have another word, uh, philos, which is love of like things that are desirable, like friendship, um, or or common values, right? Or so things that are, you have phylos with your friends, right? Or with people you get along well with. You have this sort of love. And then you have uh, another sort of love, which uh, is like uh, eros, you know? And eros is the love that a lot of people, when they think of love, they think of eros, which is the desire, the physical Mm -hmm. desire, you know, sexual uh, desire for someone. and they would say that we have all these loves often together, you know. So if you're in like a romantic relationship, you might have, hopefully you have agape. You know, the agape should be the basis of all our relationships, yeah. right? Unconditional love that's, in the, that's at least in the background. Um, but then we have filos uh, and we have eros. And I think, you know, in other, tradi- in other cultures, they have many words for love. And in English, we have one word love you know and that's it and it's sort of like the eskimos in the snowflake situation right where they have like mm-hmm. how many words for snow and we have one word so it's like um we really don't know how to describe love and then we think we're all talking about the same thing and you know there's nothing wrong with some of these other forms of love but it it, it except when we lose the sight that such a divine unbelievable love is possible and that we can tap into this love you know so so a gift that i was given really the the biggest gift i was given probably from that ayahuasca trip was that i can still to this day tap into that place within me that the angel showed me you know i can still Hmm. tap into that it's not as you know, I don't feel like I'm at the Niagara Falls all the time, Of <laughs> you know, of this cascading love all the time. So it was a more, you know, it was an amplified experience for sure. But if I'm, you know, if I'm meditating, if I'm doing chanting or I'm, you know, sometimes just spontaneously, you know, or if I'm or if I'm doing sort of in the moment what I feel I'm supposed to be doing. So even like in this moment, I can really feel my heart is like, you know, expanding some into this field so it's like at different points there's like this connection to this more unified field of love that i don't think i i was aware of you know maybe ever or maybe maybe I, there was some moment before before that ayahuasca ceremony but it was very fleeting you know it wasn't like this this experience i could tap into as much um so so that's something that i i feel that if every human could learn to be able to tap into this field it doesn't you know, then we still have the human side, and we still have a. It doesn't mean that your your path's over. In a sense, I feel like it's the beginning of the path. You know, when we could all mm. tap into this this place, but but um, uh, but it would it would change the world. It would change the world because, um, it would change how you how you view uh, everyone and and life, you know, completely.
0: Sometimes I. Imagine if schools could have similar classes to what we experience here in Ubud and Bali, like (laughs) from mindfulness to breath work, to dancing, to just playing with microphones and being seen, learning how to authentically listen to each other, like really, and, and listen and speak and listen and speak, like just basic skills, which, I didn't get grown up in England at all. But for now, they're foundational for the being that I am. And I've learned them in communities in Thailand and here. And they're more difficult to find in the messiness of the big cities of the West. So for you, you talked about like this unconditional love as one of the the types of love, right? And then you also use another word. You said this field, this, this untapped field or this field. What's the relationship between this? love thing this unconditional love and this field that we are or we exist in what is that hmm.
1: I, for me when i experienced that angelic being at first it felt it felt like yes like that that love was innate to this angelic being but also it felt like there was this field of love that it was actually connecting to as well so it felt to me like actually there is there's like love. This love is like permeating through everything, and it's it's almost like we're fish in water, um, you know. Or, or it depends how you see it. You could see it multiple ways, but it's almost like we're fish in water, and it's like this this field of love is always there supporting us, and we don't even recognize like even people who are really disconnected spiritually, they still benefit from it. Because if it wasn't there, it would just be like like they would feel horrible, you know. (laughs) So so it's like supporting it's always supporting us uh, more than we realize, and you know even even those of us who are feeling connected to it probably take it for granted to to some degree. Um, But I feel like there's this field of of love that's sort of yeah, it's permeating everything, and um, and it's it's it's. It's When you say unconditional, the reason is it's unconditional is because it's everywhere and it's permeating everything. So it's not something that I can own just for, you know, if we sometimes we say like, oh, uh, you you know, a mom unconditionally loves her daughter or something like this, right? And I, I think it is maybe true that with certain relationships, you can feel this deep sense of unconditional love more strongly. But how does that make any sense, right? How could you have more like deep unconditional love for one person than another. And I would say that maybe it's not that you feel unconditional love more deeply. You might feel, you certainly can feel like philos, right? Which was the other type of like, you know, word they used uh, for, for like love of friendship or people that you have traits or values in common with. So you might feel more philos for one person than another. Um, agape, which is unconditional love, I feel that um, we can have maybe more blocks of it more blocks against agape that surface within ourselves towards some people than others, you know? So maybe a mom with her daughter has very, very few, if any blocks of that being able to tap into that love. So she experiences her love for her daughter unconditionally. Um, But it's just, because it's actually, that should be the goal for like all of our connections where we could get to that place where those blockages are removed and we're able to tap into it all the time, you know? Or that's at least how I I see it.
0: No, I I feel a deep resonance in your words. I I might use different words, but where you're speaking from feels like the same place. And that's a thing, right? We have so many so many different languages on this planet. They're all referring to similar things, or slightly different things, or the same things, and and it's very confusing. And like ultimately, behind it all, I feel too that there's that one cohesive gel or force or field. Many people have used the word God for like eons, that that place, that place that connects us all. But the word God is obviously being pushed away by a lot of people in our current culture because of its association with the institutions and the control and the religions. Yeah. So a lot of people push that away. Yet yet beyond that, my experience is that there is still this, this cohesive thing, this field, this love that is an intelligence beyond just our egoic separate self and that that intelligence is the love thing and the love thing is intelligent but what is what's the intelligence of love like i what what is the intelligence of love is is it intelligent how would you uh, talk about this oh
1: that's interesting question (laughs) uh i feel like love is always trying to harmonize everything. Like how I experience the field of love is, is like this benevolent field of energy that genuinely wishes well for everything in creation because it feels this deep, intimate connection with it. So I think love is always trying to harmonize everything toward itself. <laughs> um, yeah so there's a natural now that intelligence to harmonize uh, everything toward itself i mean you could call that i mean that's that goes way beyond what the human mind can understand you know through (laughs) synchronicities and through through how everything interconnects and you know that that goes way deep but um i think that yeah, I think if I was going to describe it as intelligent, it would. I, yeah, I do think that there's this natural uh, ability of life to sort of self-correct or try to at least, you know, at least the the harmonious side of the force, so to so to speak, the love side <laughs> is always trying to bring everything <laughs> back to that uh, back to that place.
0: Yeah, I feel. How that. would
1: you describe it? How would you describe it?
0: The, the best word that I have come up with to describe this, what we are exploring is gravity. There's like a a cohesive way of that things that love brings us together, brings, you call it cohesion or, or into equilibrium or balance. You didn't use that word, but similar. It's like a coming together into unity as opposed to separation and disparity and it's like we right. as humans are experiencing life at the edge of the creation like on one side there's the abyss of free will and doing whatever we want but on the other side there's this pull to come into connection and unity and oneness and love and that that there live, is life right and How do we move from right, right the the, the together, to the to togetherness to the freedom to the, to the to the experimentation to the human ego but then how do we do this and it's it's a journey and like one isn't better than the other right it's like it's all here for us to play with in in my view my perspective it's like i'm a messy human and i am far from whatever perfect is and i'm just figuring it out as i go along trying to love a bit more each day and that 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 feels good. The reason why I started this podcast, it's like you can't get enough of just being in love and having conversations with people. This is just as human as it gets. It's like we're sitting around a fire, just having a chat and just being with each other. To me, this is as simple as it can get. And as as beautiful as it can get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, and I, I, and I feel like the simplicity in, in, it's like the simplicity of, of love. Sometimes it's, it's so, we could talk about it probably all these amazing descriptions to it, but it's also the simplicity of it. That's so amazing. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like what it's there. It's, it's, it's beyond description even it just is, it just is. And, um, yeah. And I, and I think what you were saying about a boo being this sort of amazing, magical, uh, breeding ground for, for this growth. I think that's that's true. And I and also the other thing I would add that you you know you I think you cover a lot of things. But the amazing thing also about Abu to me is that we have all these different people from different countries around the world, you know? And we just like we just interact so um, seamlessly, you know? Like you have you've never had a place like this where you just have like a person from like Russia and from Ukraine and then from Jamaica, and from the US, and from England, and then this woman from China, and then this person from uh, Jakarta, and everyone just sitting around like a, a campfire, you know, drinking tea, and not even talking about the fact that we're from like 12 different countries, you know, <laughs> and, and and like, that's like a, almost a miracle in itself, too, you know, because in past generations, we might have been or even in the current generation, we could have we could, in a different place, we could be at war, you yeah. know, and um, and yet we're able to that's that's one of the amazing things about Abood is we're able to bring all these people from around the world. And just it's like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was amazed when I went to Epcot that they, do you know, Epcot, it's in Disney World.
0: It's a yes, part of Disney
1: World where they have, like, all these different countries, and, you know, and, like, you go from one stall to the next, and they would have the German and then the Italian and then this, you know, Moroccan. what it was, like, you know, and it was all one next to another, you know? And I feel like we're in a human, like, a real-life Epcot here, you know? It's not Disney World, it's actual, <laughs> it's a boot, <laughs> you know? It's, like, every everything's all together. and it's And it's harmonious for the most part. Not that it's perfect, there's definitely, you know, Things about Abood that um, there's always room for improvement, you know, in terms of how we connect and how we relate to the to the locals. Also, I think, but um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, things that would be amazing if if kids around the world could have an upbringing like I think some of the you know like having an Aboodian upbringing.
0: So I can. I can feel the beauty of the love that we're sharing in this moment. And I'm just acknowledging that also for us in this moment, um, but also for those that are watching or might listen to this in the future, to just check in with your own body, to check in with your own body if you're listening to this and just notice what you're feeling in presence with these two brothers here and allow yourself a moment to, Yes, you're engaged with us and listening to these words, but to be in and with yourself for a second, pull your energy back, your consciousness back and take a breath. And really savor the beauty of this. Because if these types of conversations, brothers that can open their heart were pervasively, pervasively across the news channels and the BBC and the rest of the absurd poison that's pumped into our, into our world, then our world would be very different. It really would. I deeply believe that. Hmm. So I enjoyed that deep dive into the exploration of love with you. Let's, let's see what else we've got on the list. How does, yeah. um, how does it, and the love will continue to emanate in this space of course, <laughs> the, uh, the, the miracles I've got miracles written down here. And for some reason I, I wrote it down and I can't remember why, but it was something that you shared or posted or the work that you do where you use this word. I want to hear your relationship to miracles. What is that? Because that's kind of like a weird word for a lot of people in the world. It's like, what's a miracle? <laughs> miracles don't exist. That's absurd. What's a miracle, yeah. Adam?
1: Well, well, I, yeah, so I, I do a, a healing circle, uh, every week. Uh, it's a three hour circle and bringing in a musician and work with the flower essences, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to at some point, And, uh, and uh, other, other modalities of healing. And one of the weeks I uh, did a theme of uh, how to call in miracles. Um, and of course, uh, you know, every day's a miracle. you know, every breath's a miracle. Um, but what I was talking about with miracles was I was talking about, you know, I guess, more uh, supernatural things that you can not explain by natural laws or you know normal explanations of how something would happen. And I've seen uh, miracles unfold in my own life at various points. Uh, which one to share? Uh, I mean, the, the opening to divine love that I just described with the angel in the ayahuasca ceremony, that was for sure a miracle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I also have had, you know, I had at one point uh, 18, this was back in 20, 10 years ago, 2013, uh, I had uh, an allergic reaction to some sort of uh, herb. Um, it was, I think, called rhodiola, you know, and and I kept on, and I at the time, I was just recovering my health, right, because 2012, I got sick, I'd get better, die trying, and The the ironic thing was uh, ayahuasca did open me up spiritually, but I didn't get completely better physically just from taking ayahuasca. I actually needed to go back to the, the, actually moved from back to the U.S., went back to my parents' house, and had this very humbling process of needing to heal. And I found this uh, non-plant-based shaman in the U.S., and she was like an angel for me. So I was going through this whole healing process, and I was starting to get a bit better. Um, You know, I was starting to, you know, Uh, Feel that I was actually going to have a full recovery and I was starting to really trust and I was growing uh, Spiritually and I was you know, my whole life was changing and I found this herb that was supposed to be for energy Right because I was trying to pick up my energy levels and uh, everything I was reading was like, oh, it's super safe and effective and it was almost it almost it's like safe and effective and slow acting it wouldn't be right I know, it's not, everyone now thinks of the vaccine right when you think safe and effective so uh, but it was a little bit like that's everything i was reading uh, you know uh, that's everything I was reading was how it's safe it's effective and it's like uh, and it's very slow acting that was the everything right so i'm like great let's take lots of it so so i took a bunch of the stuff <laughs> and i'm taking off i'm taking i'm taking this herb And as I'm taking this herb, um, after, like, three days, like, I don't want to eat. And after five or six days, like, the water is starting to taste metallic. And I'm, like, not even liking drinking water anymore. But I'm obviously still still drinking water. And now, like, after, like, nine or ten days of, like, basically eating hardly any food, um, I'm, like, cutting every – I've cut everything else out. And the only thing I'm taking is the rhodiola. And I'm, like – and then I realize, like – oh, wait, maybe it's the rhodiola. <laughs> maybe that's why I can't eat anything. Maybe I'm having an allergic reaction or something to this, to this herb um, that's supposed to be safe, so safe and effective, right? So, um, so, the, so basically, I stopped taking rhodiola, and two days later, the water stops tasting metallic, right? But the other thing they kept saying about the herb is it's a very slow-acting herb, but it builds up in your system gradually, and then it stays there a long mm-hmm. time. So this herb even though as I'm stopped taking it it's still in my system it's still in my system I'm still not able to eat and I'm getting weaker and weaker right because I'm not in I really wasn't in a place where I should be doing a long like no food fast I was already quite weak you know from like all the physical illness I had so you know it would be one day to do one thing to do like a shorter term fast but 18 days was like you know beyond really what was healthy for me at the time uh, on a physical level um, so I was doing a really good job surrendering and trusting that eventually I would get better. Right. And uh, so I was doing, I was really trusting that like, no, it's okay. Cause I already experienced some other miracles at that point. Um, but I was trusting, okay, I'm going to get better. Um, but around the 18th day I was starting to feel really weak. Like I was getting really weak in my body to the point where like I could barely, you know, getting out of, you know, going down the stairs, going, going anywhere was like a U was starting to feel quite a lot because I was still not really fully healthy. I wasn't healthy at all, you know, before I was still recovering my health. So I was starting to feel really, really weak. Um, and I'm like, and I had a energy healing course the next day that I had, you know, signed up for weeks in advance that I felt was like really deeply important for me to be there. And uh, so I was gonna go with this energy healing Course, but I was like, I can't go. This, you know, I have to drive like an hour away. I don't know if I can drive an hour right now. Like, I need some food. I need some. I need some physical energy, right? So I, I take all the energy I had and I go to the store and I buy some greens and then I come back and I try to make a green juice, right? I had a juicer, so I try to make a green juice. First thing I've eaten in like you know in weeks, and uh, I juice like, you know, just a tiny amount of juice, not even that much, like maybe eight ounces or 12 ounces. I drink like half of it and I can't finish it. And I, my, and I, and I don't feel good. And I go up to the bedroom and uh, try to just lie down and I'm going into like a full body sweat. My stomach feels like it's like just going in turns and I, and I just feel horrible. I feel really horrible. And I feel like, you know, I didn't feel like I was digesting the juice at all. My stomach feels horrible. My whole system's like revolting. And like for the first time, I'm like starting to lose a little bit of faith. I'm really losing like hope like that I'm going to be able to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like I might have to go on IVs or something or like how am I going to live like this? It's like, you know, I can't eat anything. Um, and my stomach's just comp- and my whole nervous system is just completely under a huge amount of stress and I, there's no way I feel I could sleep. And I, I literally just do the simplest prayer ever in that moment out of desperation. And I say, God, please help. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole prayer. Um, and literally, as soon as I did that prayer, and I guess it was just the right moment at the right time. You know, it wasn't the, certainly wasn't the, the, the fanciness of the prayer. but it was, it was just, it was, I think the sincerity, it was a very sincere, like, I really need, I really need to, I need some intervention, Um, you know, and I felt a being come down out of the sky again, drop into the bedroom, go into my stomach, literally boom, like comes into my stomach and starts to do some sort of surgery, some sort of like, Psych, some sort of psychic surgery where it's, everything's getting moved around. And I go from under a huge amount of stress, sweating like crazy and just feeling incredibly not good to feeling more relaxed than I had felt in years, if not ever, in my whole life. <laughs> and having my stomach feel completely normal in about 10 to 15 minutes. Wow of just lying there. I had this this complete uh reversal and and I and I was just like what was that? You know? Then the being left. And uh and and I fell asleep and I felt good and the next day I was eating like bean soup and <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and I went to the energy healing. I went to the energy healing course. People were like a little bit concerned, you know, like at the course because I was very I had lost like 20 pounds. So and, it was, and I'm not already, like, a very big guy, right? So 20 pounds is a lot for me to lose um, during the 18 days. But, you know, everyone else was concerned about my health. But I had just had this miracle. So I'm just like, don't worry. I'm going to regain the weight like this. No worries. Did I, I was totally chill. Um, and I, yeah, and I, I regained the weight very quickly after that, you know? And um, so, so that was, like, one, like, miraculous thing, you know? Like, that definitely was, like, an intervention. But I've had multiple of those um you know i can i can tell some other stories um some of them are a little bit scary you know but i i I could tell other stories where i've had like literally some being come like an angelic sort of being uh and save me from some you know quite difficult experience and i can also think of like synchronicities as well that i would consider a miracle (laughs) because they're just so unlikely you know And I think, I think these are probably more common. Like, I think maybe some of the miracles I've experienced, like, you know, where these angelic beings seem to intervene for me, that's maybe a little less common. Um, But I do think that if you're on your path, you know, and this is what I was teaching in the circle is that if you have a sense of purpose and you follow your sense of purpose, then if you are ever in over your head, the help will come. Hmm. The help will come. Right? Because these miracles weren't happening before I really found a deeper sense of purpose, a deeper calling. I think a lot of people like live their life like kind of in the inverse of this. They're like they're like, well, I you know, I need to make money and I need to like find like you know, I gotta get a good paying job and I gotta take care of all this like, you know, worldly stuff and take care of the bills and then, you know, and then like, you know, on my side hustle, like I have this like purpose over here. I might spend a little time on it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like if you know, and that's actually at least at least in that point, it's a side hustle. At least there's some emphasis on the side. You know, some people just completely neglect the purpose. So, you know, it's not even on the side. But, but I feel like when you actually really dive in and like you find a deeper sense of calling or purpose, and you make that the center of your life, and then you try to figure out how to fit everything else around that. How am I going to support myself? You know, and be in full congruence with my purpose rather than, you know, how am I going to make a living and try to find a little time on the side for the purpose, you know? Yeah. It, it, when you make the purpose the center of your life, you get, some, then you always be able to handle whatever is thrown at you. And if you're not, that's when a miracle can happen, <laughs> you know, because you literally get some intervention for you. Um, and and that's that's at least what been true for me in my life, and I think it's I've heard other people it be true for as well. Like I've talked to enough people about this, so I think you know that that's there's different types of miracle. One is like what I was describing. Other is just like crazy synchronicities that like are like one in a million kind of things, you know, that just happen. You know, meeting a certain person in a certain way, or you know, being in a certain place when it's very unlikely or having certain events happen in like an exact order that, you know, I, I, there's lots of those sorts of things. Those are, um, also I would call those miracles as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing this story. Yes. To being supported by the beings beyond us. And it's beautiful when we have the space and the awareness to notice, right? Cause the, we could say they are always here. There are always forces beyond us supporting us. It's one way of describing what's happening, right? And we don't always notice. We don't always notice that there are forces beyond our individual self that are always there. And it's beautiful to hear that when you've experienced or you've experienced very significant moments where it's quite viscerally clear something's happening that is beyond this world. And to yeah. know that 's so deep and true in yourself, because not everybody has experienced that depth and that truth and that that kind of radical wow that that 's real that 's real because like it flips yeah. everything upside down doesn 't it like experiencing those kind of things for the first time, it flips whole worlds upside down, and you look what, yeah what, what is reality what is reality now, you know, yeah
1: completely and and it's it's always good and if I ever have moments where my faith is starting to to waver I always try to go back to that right like you go mm-hmm. back to those moments when it was like okay no I'm being supported you know and it uh, you know cuz of course you know trials are always part of life you know it's like what you were saying about the human side the human side's always there you know Life's never completely just a smooth road. There's always bumps in the ride, hmm. you know? So it's like learning to to navigate that from a place of faith. Um, and yeah, I mean, miracles, on one hand, you know, I say they, they, they say don't get attached to miracles and, and that's probably a good thing too because that, that means you also need a miracle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you don't necessarily want to be, you know, unable to eat for 18 days because your stomach's doing somersaults, you know? So you don't necessarily want to have that miracle uh be needed in the first place if you you know in the future but when it's needed it's like um you know it's so faith affirming because you just you what else can you do you just have to trust you just yeah. there's nothing
0: else yeah so so talking about purpose you uh, uh ended up finishing that last conversation on purpose what's that what's that thing i am into that i am um so committed and dedicated to that feels so aligned to myself right and i want to hear about yours and i i think this is flower essences i feel this is watching you do your work here and uh, uh and and also experiencing these essences myself i would love to hear you talk about the flower essences correct me if i'm wrong if that is not your purpose but it looks like it is from my side there's a deep connection there.
1: i wouldn't say that's part of my purpose i wouldn't say it's the entirety of my purpose um my purpose i think what motivated me and what felt true for me and my path uh is that uh, because i i feel like your purpose often comes from things that uh like you're, what what you end up needing to shift, you know, so if you go through a really deep healing process, then that deep healing process often becomes your purpose. Or, or if not the actual healing process itself, something you learned in that healing process, mm-hmm. right? So um, something that's applicable either to your, you know, to others or to the world. So... Um, you know, or at least part of the purpose, you know, because like I also, I give a life purpose reading that's based on a person's birth name as well. So you can see that you have a worldly dharma and a spiritual dharma. Um, so for me, when I was connecting to my purpose, um, I had this uh, shaman uh, who is named Lorraine, and she's uh, an amazing shaman based in the U.S., uh, still like my guardian angel, if she's watching this, hi, Lorraine. Uh, so... She's this amazing, uh, yeah, amazing woman. And she was like everything for me at the beginning of my past. She was, you know, because I didn't have really any support system. You know, I was, uh, I was, uh, I really needed so much help and I didn't really have friends. Everyone else in my old life had like fallen away when I had my spiritual awakening and I had that whole trip to the jungle to get buried. I trying, everyone fell away. You know, and my parents, you know, they were they were there on some level, but they also kind of think I, I think they thought I was going kind of crazy, to be honest, you know, from having this crazy spiritual awakening, They didn't really know how to handle it. Um, and, you know, I didn't really have any real support system in, in, in many ways. So I, she was like my my counselor, my healer, my teacher, my friend, my mom, uh, you know, like a second mom to me. Um, so she was playing all these roles you know, and, and she helped me so much in my path. Like it was like literally like a miracle, you know, she, that was another miracle in a sense of that this one woman could hold such an amazing space for me and help me so much. Um, so there's literally a session I had with her where it was like after the session, I'm like, Oh wow, I'm not going to die this year. I'm going to live. I'm going to make it, you know, that was, cause that's where I was. I was like on the physical brink, uh, you know, of, of dying. So so the the turnaround I had with this woman was so great. And I was like, wow, if I could just even play, do like a small fraction of helping other people heal and like reconnect to themselves and feel more grounded and more, more safe in their body and more at peace and open their hearts and just do a small fraction of what I felt Lorraine had done for me, for even like a single person. And I'm like, okay, then I would have lived a decent life, you know? So that that was, she was really, I think, uh, seeing how much she helped me, that inspired me to try to pass, you know, I didn't think I could necessarily do what she did because it was so incredible, but just help people in some way from the base of knowledge and also the, you know, I was learning all these things and applying all these different types of energy work. So just helping someone to heal to me just became like this deeper sense of purpose. Of course, also it starts with myself. You know, it always starts with me, but in terms of the healing work, but then to, to spread that, to spread that and share that. So um, the flowers came later on in my healing path. They came around 2018, so around five years ago that I discovered <laughs> the flowers. And the reason I discovered them was actually because I do this thing called a soul plan, which is a life purpose reading based off of the sacred geometrical codes of your birth name in Hebrew so it's uh so i was looking at uh you know i was trained to see which bach flowers which is a well-known system of flowers uh or if you're like another language is like bach gluten or flores de bach in spanish so um bach flowers are this well-known system of 30 flowers that were brought forward by this guy named edward bach he was like a channel with the flower kingdom and uh in the last century he made this well-known He actually died in the 1970s, Edward Bach. So Bach flowers are still well known, even though he's the guy who found it has been dead for 50 years, right? So my understanding is that the flowers were a bit more um, powerful when he was alive and he was sort of overseeing it and also serving as a bridge when Bach flowers. So, uh, So they were, I had tried Bach flowers and they were, I think, slightly helpful, but I I didn't feel like a deep resonance to like distribute them or to like go really more in depth with them. Uh, but, but I was passing on the information about them. And then I found through synchronicity, this system of flowers called Flora Live. And when I was, uh, you know, doing some research for a client about, about one of the Bach flowers and, um, and I found the system and it's, founded by this guy named Brent Davis, who was working with Bach flowers in the 70s and 80s. And he kept feeling there's a deeper calling for him, like a deeper way to heal that he just wasn't sure about how to tap into. And he, he's in a flower field in, I think, 1990. And he gets this full vision of how to create this contraption that would mold itself to the shape of the flower without cutting the flower and without bending the flower. Right. Why why does,
0: why does that matter? What, why, why does that matter? Uh, Help help me step back a second because what, what is a flower essence? What, what is what are flowers? Why does it matter if we're bending (laughs) them or not? Like, like just from like that perspective of like, I have no idea what you're talking about with regards to flowers. I want (laughs) to, I want to get why, why this is important.
1: Right. So a flower essence is not like a physical herb you're taking, like taking spirulina or something. A flower essence is just taking the subtle energy, right? So it's, it's on the idea that everything originates in subtle planes and then actually comes into the physical, right? So that, that's the reason that angelic being was able to heal me of my stomach stuff, right? Because he wasn't even in the physical body and yet he was able to heal a physical ailment. So everything starts in the subtle, and then it comes into the physical. It's like, it's like a mountain stream that starts up at the peak of a mountain and then comes downstream, and the physical is way downstream. So everything starts on a subtle energetic plane and has a subtle energetic blueprint. So flower essence is the energetic blueprint of a flower, right? So it's, and it's the energetic blueprint of a flower caught or um, captured in water, Mm. Right. Well, no, it can be normally, you know, what, what the system I use with, uh, he's initially extracting it into water and you can also use other substances. Um, but, uh, but normally it's, it, water's a really great base because water is like super malleable, right? Like if you've ever looked at, if you've, have you ever read the book, the miracle of water or seen the Dr. Moto? I've seen Motto's videos work? about
0: him and blog posts, but not the whole book. No. Yeah
1: yeah well it's basically a picture book i just kind of look at the photos so (laughs) so um so yeah so it's like if you've seen that where you've seen like how different water molecules can completely look um, completely different based off just how we talk to the water water is amazing this is another word like love right this is love and water the two words we should have like all these other words for and we just have Love and water, right? Water should have way more words because the quality of water can be massively different. So I'll give you an example is that water can actually energetically hold on Like if you measure the scalar energy of a water, there's water that can have a scalar energy level of like 10,000 times higher than other water. 10,000 times, meaning that the amount of energy in a single drop of this water is 10,000 times higher than this water over here, you'd have to have ten thousand drops to have the same amount of energy, right? So that that's a, a massive difference. Um,
0: what's the so what's the, the, harmony, the scale we're measuring there when you say the word energy, more energy or less energy in the water? What what are we using to measure the scale of what energy is in that? That's that's
1: uh, what it, where I read that it's ten thousand times higher. That's called scalar energy. Scalar. So you can look up the word scalar energy. Yeah, you can look it up on chat gvt or something but scalar s-c-a-l-a-r okay scalar energy you don't know anything about um, scalar or what it is scale scalar energy yeah no it's scalar energy is like tapping into how much uh it's scalar energy is like can be measured for physical things this is not like a subtle uh just strictly subtle term but i think it's uh trying you're asking me a, a definition i can it's how much like energy uh, so, I mean, the word scales in it, right? So it's it's basically how the, I think the amplitude of the amount of energy that's expanding out. But when we talk about scientific terms, I could be I could be messing that up. But I, in my mind, I kind of have an, an a vision of it.
0: I'm that uh, makes sense. I'm just looking it up actually, and I'm just uh, doing some research on Microsoft Bing right now. I mean, we could just we okay, we could just say it's also known as chi or prana. It's just another way of more scientific form of communicating what chi or prana is, which is the energy life force yeah. that moves through us all the time. Right. Um, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the word scalar. So this is an, an attempt or it is a way to measure, to measure these subtle energies. All right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They have different, cool. I mean, he talks about this in, in the floral hand of God, which is the book, the flower Bible, as I put it, it's a the book on, the system of flowers, and he, t- he actually has many graphs in that book. I have the book over here. It's I don't think it will translate super well to holding it up to, to a camera here, but um, but basically it's like uh, it's showing many different types of graphs and measuring how much energy, you know, the amplitude of the energy and how much energy. Some different things happen, as well as the coherency and the frequency mm. of of how coherent it is and how harmonious it is, and if the sacred geomet- geometrical patterns that are within the energy uh, coding are they entropic or are they still like in in their highest level of harmony, right? So so there's many different ways, both in terms of the pure amount of energy, but also in terms of the harmony of energy, the the geometries of the energy, how harmonious it is, and and how Um, Yeah, basically, is the pattern of the energy uh, entropy or is it at its highest potential? And um, so the thing is with flower essences is that you can have a cut flower essence, which is what Bach flowers are. So you can have a cut flower essence that has uh, frequencies of flowers that have been cut. But what happens when you cut a flower? Right? As soon as you cut a flower... What happens, when you, what happens when a person dies? As soon as a person dies, instantly the heartbeat goes flat. And certain frequencies in a flower, as soon as you cut it, are not there. Right? That's just common sense. So as soon as you cut a flower, certain frequencies entropy right away. They're gone. Others, more slowly, the same way that there's still like heat in a person after they die you know they don't just all disintegrate into dust right away right like there's a there's a slow entropy process but some things entropy more quickly than others so um so the same way with like flower frequencies certain frequencies you can only get from living flowers you cannot get it from a cut flower you cannot get it from any cut medicine because as soon as you cut the plant you've lost it right So this is what's amazing about this system of flower essences is the uncut living energies of flowers. So you have uncut living energies and you have these energies coming from flowers that are literally, so that was the first part, right? This is Brent Davis receives his vision in 1990 to take the uncut living flowers and he creates and gets a patent on this contraption which can mold itself to the shape of the flower. And has water inside, the energy of the flower gets into the water, he removes the contraption with the water inside, and the water has all that information. And I would say even more than just vibrations, because we tend to talk, you know, very much about like high vibration. Actually it's more of like a symphony of different vibrations, right? Like everything's a symphony of different vibrations. And the question is is the symphony harmonious or not? You know, what's what's the song that the symphony's playing? And so you have the symphony of different uh, energies working together harmoniously and uh, and also you have the consciousness of the flower you know because the flower is this living being as well and it has and, and the thing is is that Brent Davis was given this assignment in his words to go and look for the saints Is he says for the saints of the flower world or in another mm-hmm. word he puts is the all-stars of the flower world right mm-hmm. so if you had like the best basketball players in the whole world on one team that's like the all-star team right You know, or you had the best football players in the whole world in one team, right? This is basic or the best shamans, you know, and more like an energy healing, right? The best human shamans, all the best shamans from Peru and from, you know, uh, Mozambique and from Bali and from China. And you took all of them and you brought them into one single room, right? That would be an amazing room to be in, right? If you could bring all the best, you know, Mm -hmm. people shamans. And we tend to not think of, uh, of plants in the same way as people, but, you know, think about how many people, including yourself, you know, work with plant medicines. You know, the plants are very high teachers, yeah. you know, and, and I would even say probably the plant's consciousness are very often above human's consciousness. So go ahead. Yeah, I feel like you wanted to share something. No,
0: I was just enjoying agreeing with what you were saying with regards to the intelligence of the, the plant kingdom.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so you have the most powerful flower essences from around the world. And it's like, this guy basically spent 30 years, right? 1990 is 2023, it's 33 years. He spent over 30 years then getting visions of different flowers to go find. Wow. You know? around the world so he'd get a flower of red and green kangaroo paw in this australian outback it would keep flashing before him and he, he's american right so he would go and go all the way to the australian outback just to find certain flowers in the australian outback you know and then synchronicities would help him so like the first third of the book is like indiana jones for flower adventures
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then <laughs> The second theory <laughs> of the book is quantum physics, you know, talking about scalar energy fields and talking about all this science stuff. And then the last part is like a picture book, and you see all the different flowers and you see what they're for. So the amazing thing is that each flower has its own thing that's healing. So so you have flowers to heal heartbreak. There's an amazing flower to heal heartbreak. And if you uh it's called Heartmend, and like literally, you know, um he when he found this flower a woman's face he knew who had just got uh, left by her husband jumped out of the flower. This woman's face jumped out of the flower when you saw the flower and, uh, and he tries to give it to her and she like was very depressed. She didn't want it. She's like, she didn't want to feel better. Right. She was like happy to be upset that her husband left, not happy. That's not the right word, but she was she was wanting to be in that energy. sort of. Mm. Right? she was kind of wanting to feel bad for herself. And, um, and he was like, look, I just had this vision. Please take it. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take it, but I don't really believe this is going to work. I don't really, you know, she didn't really want it. She, didn't, she wasn't really that open, in, in if you read the story. And, and she takes starts to take this flower, and in, like, three days, she calls him, and he's, she's like, what did you do to me? <laughs> she's like, I feel like a new person. I don't understand how this is possible, you know? Um, and I've seen this myself, where, like, literally, you know, I gave a woman who had, like, a 19 year uh, relationships. Uh, and she had wanted kids and, they, and she was in her late 30s. And uh, the man broke up with her, married some other woman in three months. And she was there six months later, you know, trying to do holistic therapies and, you know, doing different healing treatments. But just when I met her, she was super depressed. Her body language is really bad. She just looked really um, not in good shape. And I kept feeling that I had her medicine, but I was new to having the flowers at that point. So I wasn't, I didn't have full, as much confidence in it yet, you know? So after like a month of seeing her every day, eventually it was like, okay, I'm just going to go and like give this to her and be like, look, this is a gift. If it works for you, great. If, and you really want to give, great. But otherwise, just take it, see what happens. Right. And I gave this woman after like a month because she just didn't believe it. It wasn't like she'd like, oh, I really think the flower essences are going to work and that's what's going to heal me. She like she was spending money on other things that were more expensive that weren't getting the job done. Like it was helping her cope with it, but it wasn't helping her like heal the heartbreak. It wasn't helping her heal losing her her Hmm. her ex. And I give this to her and I see her three days later, sort of similar time frame to the to the woman in the book. And she looks like a new person, you know, her body, I didn't even have to ask her. Her body language was different. She was, I saw her smile, you know, for the first time. Um, She just looked like a completely different person, you know, so much more light, so much more energy, so much less uh, like slouchy and depressed. Um, So I've seen it work like, you know, they've given it to baby goats who like lose their moms, they feed them heart, they feed the baby goat heart mend. So this is just one flower in the system, right? And it works so well because it's it's the best flower in the world to heal specifically heartbreak. But there's a flower for almost everything. So that's the amazing thing. If you want to heal self-esteem, there's a flower for that. If you want to let go of uh, unhealthy attachments or addictions, there's flowers to help with that. So psychic protection or uh, flowers for manifestation, there's flowers for that. So there's a flower for almost anything you can imagine and that's what i love about it it's like if i was gonna like tell you show i really want to help you out and i want to like go and like i i want to find like the six best flowers in the whole world for you and go take the energies of them and bring them here to you right now right Mm. and then i like got on a plane and i went to the peru andes and then i went to hawaii and then i went to jamaica and then i came back to bali and then i went to australia and like you know and i went this whole like quest to go get you these flowers it would cost a lot of money and a lot of time (laughs) you know and it would be like this amazing thing right and i think we would all say if someone did that for us it'd be like oh of course i would you know at least in the whole, maybe not in the mainstream world but in the in the holistic abudian you know (laughs) spiritual world we would all be like whoa that's amazing yeah of course you know i want to try the flowers that are going to help me with exactly the issue i'm trying to go through you know, the best, most saintly flower in the whole world for that specific purpose. Uh, and that's what this system is, but all the work's been done for us, you know, oh, by this one oh. guy.
0: I wanna jump into one one practical question. Okay, so uh, this man is traveling around the world. He's getting these visions. He's arriving in the outback of Australia. He's found the flower that he's been guided to mystically beyond him, but he, he trusts the channel that he's connected to and he does he know at that one question i have is does does he know at that point what what this particular plant is for before he he finds it or is it afterwards he figures it out that's the first question and the second one is what is is what's the process of extracting or connecting to or downloading or copying the essence of that living flower what is that contraption or machine or what 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 happens in that moment to receive that
1: right well so to answer your first question based off of um what i know i think he receives at least a lot of it like after he's actually like met the flower yeah so i don't think a lot of the time he like i think he sometimes gets little bits of information about what the flower the flower might be for ahead of time, but then he gets a much more complete download because sure. he's a he's a flower whisperer and he can connect to the flowers. Um, so I think he a lot of it comes like after the meeting of the flower that he gets like the full download of what the flower is for, and before that he just knows what's little bits of like hints almost of what the flower might be for. Mm-hmm. So that's based off of, uh, of what what I know. Um, so he would obviously be the, the if he could interview Brent Davis someday, that would be <laughs> a great question to ask him. Uh, but, and as far as the contraption, so the contraption, I haven't actually seen a, a vision of what he invented, or, or I excuse me I haven't seen a picture of it, but I, I did kind of receive a vision, like in my own vision of, of I, I don't think this is exactly what it looks like, but it's sort of an analogy is like, imagine like a, a water balloon, Mm-hmm. Right, Like a water balloon that could shape Because he says you also want to extract The energy along as much of the flower As possible, not just one point on the flower But like if you can get all the way close To the roots, you know, all the way to, Down the stem, you want to Extract as much of the energy as possible So imagine like a water balloon that can sh- uh, Change uh, Shape and size to some degree But that has valves Like on the side of the balloon hmm. And that you could open and close the valves So you like put the balloon around it, it, has water inside, you close it so that the energy is tightly contained and the water's around the flower. You keep it there for several hours so that the energy of the consciousness of the flower gets fully imbued into the water. Mm. And then you open the valves up and the valves drain the water off, and then you remove the contraption and the water is safely tucked away and the contraption is able to be removed without hurting the flower.
0: Awesome. That really helps. That picture really helps me really ground in that process really beautifully because I do see water as this it's this malleable shape and state that can can hold, can be programmed, right? It is kind of pure consciousness, manifest consciousness. In a way, that's how I see water. We are 80% yeah. water, right? It's like it's it's the thing that is alive here. And it's like you're yeah that machine programs the water into those and then they're bottled up and sent around the world. And, and then, and, and, and then, and then you offer them.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the, the beautiful thing is that it's just, you know, it's never been something that could have happened, you know, a hundred years ago, you could have not had this, not because the flowers weren't around, you know, the flowers are there, but, how could you get flowers from around the world back then, you know, yeah. the, the time it would have taken, you know, and everything now is so, the world's so small. So you can fly around the world and you can go to these very remote places and, you know, be back in wherever you live within a, a couple of days, you know, so uh, it's a different world and it's a very unique moment in time that we're actually able to access medicine like this from sacred, you know, every single flower, he doesn't just extract it in a, some, some garden, He goes out to nature in the most powerful spot you know because he also has energy uh, he can measure how much energy a certain flower has with these this machine he has not a different machine not the one to extract it but different you know quantum physics sort of uh, scientific uh, measuring devices that can measure how much scalar energy something has so he can measure these energies in different ways and he measured like one flower called macalina which grows in peru and he measured it over 500 kilometers, but there was only one spot he found it where it was so powerful that it was like off the charts, you know, it was like off the charts yeah. the power of that flower. And that was like growing on the side of a glacial lake, you know, at 5,000 meters, you know, where the unicorns hang out and play volleyball, <laughs> You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a very magical spot. So, so it's really amazing, you know, rather than what I, why I love the flowers is like, yeah, of course I'd love to go out in nature and go to these beautiful spots here in Bali. And I do that. And that's, I think very important for everyone to do get time out in nature, but it's amazing to be able to take the most powerful flowers for very specific purposes. So if I want to work on one specific thing, if I want to work on opening up my ability to speak my truth, or I want to work on my willpower or my self-esteem or whatever I want to work on, I can take the best flower from all the world that this guy has found in 30 years of traveling, getting visions of flowers and take the energy of that flower. And then it's like rewriting your subconscious. It's like rather than fight the dark, it's like writing in a coat of light and it's attuning you to that coat of light. And, and if you keep attuning to that coat of light, eventually your, your subconscious is like, wait, I had all these like negative programs to try to protect myself You know, these fear-based programs of low self-esteem, because I think a lot of that's how that gets solidified. The fear-based programs is like a form of self-protection or self-defense, you know, just our survival. But when when you realize that, oh, I actually feel like this, the subconscious, if it starts to get, if it starts to get the information of how to tune to a healthy place, it will just start to like rewrite the story, Hmm. you know, as like, what if you had had a self-healthy self-esteem for your whole life this is the energetic frequency that you would be holding Mm. and then you're now you're holding it so it's like oh okay well if you hold the energy of it now it's almost like it happened because you actually feel in the moment the the energy like it had happened so for all intents and purposes you've changed timelines you've changed to a higher version of what's possible for you
0: yeah, the vision I was just getting then was just this like seeping, like changing the frequency in this moment, this kind of seeping through yeah, just the seeping through all the layers of the self, this this channel of energy like seeping down into history beyond time and space, just melting us into a different a different state. And my hands are tingling, just tuning into that that magic, you know, because this is this is reality. Cool. We don't live in a linear experience, although the illusion is linear. Of course, it's multidimensional, and we see and feel that. And this work,
1: mm. yeah, beautiful, yeah, beautiful analogy. I mm. could feel that too when you were doing the uh, the finger thing.
0: <laughs> I really feel your passion for the flower essences, and you've obviously watched many people find and see and experience a lot of a lot of value from it um i too have been it's
1: such yeah go ahead
0: i too have been taking these drops of flower essences and the thing is i can with plasma i want to talk about plasma in a minute as well um and because i'm living in uber and i'm doing so many other things in my life it's hard to identify that how much Look, like the flower essence is supporting me in this particular thing, or one of the many other healing modalities that I'm doing right now is supporting me. But all I know is that this last six months, I've seen one of the greatest transformations I've seen in my life, like in my expansion, my growth, my coming into myself, my arrival, my landing, my trust, my embodiment, and um, just the beauty of that which I see I am. And, and I know when I mentioned this to you the other day, you were like, oh, it's definitely the flower essences. And, I, I, and obviously, for me, I, I, was, I can't I was do an ABC. Joking. Yeah, yeah we we're playing. Obviously, we we're playing. But like, yeah, it's hard yeah, to do yeah, an but... ABC test because there's so much going on for me. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, uh, nevertheless um, I, I, I feel the alignment and the beauty here. And in the way that I see life and reality and, and the, the, the lessons from our 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 planet Gaia and the subtleties of the plants um of course it has an effect on us a deep beautiful powerful effect on us to us with us all the time it's just we're quite often in our society so disconnected so disconnected from this world Mm -hmm. right in in our fast-paced culture and these very gentle nudges to becoming more whole fully whole and connected here to the planet as opposed to being so cerebral and lost in this mindy thing. Um,
1: one, one thing I just want to add to that is it's, that's part of the reason is that he needs to go out and into like remote nature uh, to get these essences. And he can't just do it, you know, if they're growing close to a city or something like this, he can't take them there is because it's a two way street. So we think that like, you know the flowers or the plant world can impact our consciousness but we were actually impacting the consciousness of the plants and the flowers as well mm. and and it's a two-way street so he you know so a lot of um he was looking for like a flower which had like um you know uh he was calling it like i i this is the word i use but, like a buddha or like a christ consciousness sort of flower he was looking for this right and he said that he received a message meditating in a flower field in new mexico that because the connection of the natives of that land had been so deeply hurt um you know by everything that had happened that the a lot of the native cultures in north america had didn't have the same connection with the with the nature world that they had had and that the flowers had felt that and they had actually their level of consciousness uh to have like this completely like self-realized flower it was it didn't exist anymore in all of north america because of this there were healing flowers in North America. It wasn't saying there weren't healing flowers in North America, but for this particular, like this level of depth of connection, he couldn't find it in North America and he had to actually get go all the way to Peru where the natives still had that connection with the earth and that connection to the, to the flower world and that connection to the plant world to be able to find a flower like this. So our connection to the flowers and our connection to the nature is a two way street. And that's something important for us to remember all the time, like when we're going through the world, we need to be also sending good vibes to everything, not just people, but also to like, when we see a plant, give gratitude to that plant, give gratitude to that tree, you know, and we can also raise the consciousness uh, through that. Um, but, when, but when we're trying to take the flower essence to heal us, you know, that's why he's going to these really remote places around the world to get very specific flowers that aren't as impacted by, the, you know, the collective humanity insanity. sanity. so yeah
0: that um the two-way street commentary that you just shared really touched me especially yeah especially about Native Americans in that part of the world not no longer having that connection to 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 receive or find or know that well, just knowing that, that those kind of plants can be lo- lost. The, the plants of that level of consciousness can be lost, that the plants are affected as much by us. And of course they are, again, but it's just not in my field of awareness all the time when I'm so right. lost in my, my insanity, right? <laughs> I forget.
1: Right. And, yeah, we, of course. We don't, it's not something we think about often. We don't think about... You know, or I, certainly, I didn't spend as much time contemplating about the flower world as I have in the last <laughs> five years. That's for sure. I said, I said at one of my healing circles, like I never thought I would grow up to be a flower dealer. <laughs> you know, definitely wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> Growing up, you know, lawyer, uh, businessman, or flower dealer. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, here I am. So, uh there, there was a really cool second part of that prophecy, though, when he received this download that there weren't any flowers. This was, I think, tw- 15 or 20 years ago he received this message in the flower field in the U.S. But he did get the message that in his lifetime, it would return, mm-hmm. meaning that the, the, con- the highest level, like flowers with this kind of self-realized ability in the United States or in the North American continent would return in his lifetime. And he's quite old, so he's um, – I mean – Old in a relative. Sorry if you're, you know, his age. Listening to this, he's (laughs) he's around, he's around seventy, you know, years old. I think late sixties, seventy years old. So he's older than I am. I should say that's a better way to put it. Sure thing. So um, so he's he's already in late sixties, seventies. So you know, in the prophecy he received was in his lifetime. He would be able to find flowers. So that means that within this lifetime uh, of of his that you know, we're going to see this blossoming of consciousness where, you know, literally blossoming, the flowers are reconnecting in even deeper ways. And I I think that the humans obviously are mirroring that.
0: And we are, we are starting to see that blossoming and awakening of uh, returning to a, a different state of consciousness on the planet today. Like we're watching things crumble the old world is crumbling people are disillusioned and we're like what is real now what is important now how do i want to spend my time now how do i want to look after myself now oh this mindfulness is more important now oh yoga is more important now oh emotional well-being is starting to become important this mental health collective sort of epidemic people are starting to wake up from and realize oh maybe we should like do something about this now and so we are, aren't we, waking up bit by bit and more and more and faster and faster on the planet today. That's how I see it. Um, but actually, I want to I loop back to plasma quickly because with your flower essences um, that you offer here in Bali in the ceremonies, you don't just offer them in water, you offer them with plasma. So what is plasma? Um, why, do we, why do we drink or enjoy plasma? Uh, what is this state?
1: Yeah, so plasma is, uh, so the easiest way to describe plasma is the flowers or the energetic blueprint, uh, or the flower senses I work with are the energetic blueprint of flowers. The plasma is the energetic blueprint of the different elements. So carbon, oxygen, gold, like like the periodic table elements, right? So basically, plasma was a process invented by a nuclear physicist named Maran Keshe, who is from Iran. And uh, he's, I, some people consider him sort of like a modern day Nikola Tesla. He's working, I guess, on like anti-gravity devices and some pretty out there kind of stuff. Um, so he's, he's a, a nuclear physicist, or he was, and he discovered, he says of everything he's invented or discovered in his life, his top invention is this plasma, right? How to make this plasma. And he basically went public with how to make it and, uh, and shared it. And basically, it's like you can think solid state, liquid state, gas state, the three states you learn about in like elementary school, and then plasma state. Or actually, it should be mm-hmm. the other way, because this is like the plasma state is the, you know, the higher up on the mountain, so to speak. You know, It's in the subtle plane coming down into the plasma state, gas state, liquid state, solid state. And it's the energetic blueprint of the different elements before toxicity, before sort of, yeah, before the negative environmental factors influence it in this world. So plasma is like this process that this guy found to basically extract the energetic blueprint of the different elements. I don't understand uh, all the different, details of how plasma is made in the same way that like i understand more about the flower essences because plasma is something that came to me later um there's a company here in bali called say and they're like the plasma company here they like literally their whole business is around plasma and they sell all sorts of plasma like gels and aloe vera with plasma and all sorts of things that you can use like on the skin and uh and also sprays so i got connected with uh this man named edward who is one of the owners of Sai and we did an exchange two years ago, and, uh, and basically, we took some of my flower essences, which are, are right here, that's bottle cord for Love, All right? So, we took some of my flower essences, then we took uh, some plasma, and we took like eight drops of the flowers, and we took a small, uh, you know, a small cup of the plasma, and I put it in the flower drops, and then we mixed them, and we each took at the same time a a cup and started to drink it. And both of us, you know, he had never had the flowers, I had never had the plasma, (laughs) right? So Mm -hmm. it was like a totally like, you know, like fresh experiment, you know, how it would go. And we were both like, when we both took it together, we were like, whoa, like it was like, Mm -hmm. right? There was some sort of alchemical fusion of the two. And it was like, it was like amplified. I just experienced it super amplified. The flowers, because I know what eight drops of flowers normally feels like in my system, it's powerful, but this was on another level. So what we both concluded was that the plasma flowers, because they're working on energetic blueprint levels,
0: hmm.
1: one of the flower world, one of uh, of the elements, they just fit in very easily together. The plasma is more softs. What were I should say, like it's a bit less, uh, like per drop, it's not as powerful as the flowers. What is what I mean by that? So. So it's a, it's like a you use the the plasma as a base, and then you just add a little bit of the flowers to the plasma. Um, the plasma you can have in a higher dosage than the flowers. If like you had like a you know if you had like three hundred ml of the flowers in the day, you'd be you'd be toast. <laughs> you know, you couldn't handle that. You know, but you could have like three hundred ml of uh, of uh, of the uh, uh, yeah of the uh, the plasma. Yeah. So yeah. so basically. You have uh, this plasma, and what they've done with plasma, which is was really remarkable, is they've actually looked at, when you look at the, uh, you take a genetically modified seed, they took genetically modified seeds, they put it in plasma water, they left it there for, like, I think it was like 12 days, they took the seed out, and they looked at the seed and studied it on a biological molecular level, and it actually goes back to not be GMO.
0: Yeah, this is see this when you told me this like my mind just blew like what what just wow right it's like a reset like energetic blueprint for resetting things beyond elements beyond like in before the elements that we have in this world it's like a, 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 i don't know it's like love in it's like another level of love like water and what's the difference between yeah. water can be programmed as is but the element of plasma is is it water like, or is it how does it get into water? How, I, I have many questions it's, here that I don't quite get, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's water with the energetic blueprint of different elements, and depending on that, the elements depend on what kind of plasma you have. So, I work with like seven elements plasma, which has seven different elements, including a little bit of gold, which is quite rare because I guess depending on the element. You know, so what I did was basically I because I worked with the flowers, as uh, so I say, offered or I, I I, asked them, to be honest. But, you know, they offered they 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 understood that, like, I had kind of a special dharma with the flowers and that there was a synergy. So normally they don't sell the stuff to actually make the plasma. So normally if you want to buy plasma, you just buy the actual finished product. But for mm-hmm. me, they, uh, you know, they were willing to sell me uh, a, some of the stuff that could actually be used to make plasma so that I could make enough plasma to Put it with the flowers, right? And to and to have this alchemy of the two together. So, so I bought a bunch of, uh, or not a bunch, but I bought enough of the uh, stuff to actually make the different uh, elements of plasma. And I, you know, he was explaining the process to me because this isn't something I do myself of actually how to make the the, the plasma, the guns. But uh, it's sort of like a multi-step process, and I'm getting the second to last product, but not the last product. Um, so, so the, but the process to actually get uh, gold gons, you know, so like carbon or oxygen, just take a couple of days to make the the gons for gold. Car, uh, the gons is like stands for gaseous nanoparticles suspended in a solid uh, state. So it's it's the stuff that is used to charge and make the plasma water. So carbon or oxygen just takes a couple of days. Gold takes a year and a half to two years. Because it's in such a more dense form, hmm. it takes longer to get it to its blueprint state. So, so basically, you have, depending on the element, different lengths of time. Um, but yeah, plasma is like this. It's basically the energetic blueprint of each element. You know, so depending on the element, is going to have a different effect. Gold is great for intention, right? All alchemy is around, you know, the, the alchemists, right? Around gold, right? Turning other base metals into gold. So gold is like. The gold standard for intention, but like carbon, oxygen, eighty-seven point five percent of the cells in our body are carbon or oxygen, I believe. So, if you detox eighty-seven point five percent of the cells in your body through taking carbon, oxygen plasma, which is most is most of the plasma I have, is those two elements, then um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna detox. Your body to a really high degree because it's it's you know it's almost 90 percent. so hmm. so that's basically what plasma is doing and you know it's amazing like what i've seen like we even did an experiment um i ha- was at a birthday party in Ahmed, which is another place here in bali uh, uh a little over a month ago and uh, for the birthday party i was doing a little flower like just a short not a full three hour thing like i normally do we just did like a short 45 minute flower uh ceremony uh where i was giving all the people in the birthday party some flowers and some plasma and uh there was a guy there from russia named alex and he has this really expensive like bioenergetic resonance machine i think that's the name of it i could be off but it's like some really expensive machine uh that costs like thousands of dollars and it like can measure like it connects to each of his fingers and it measures the energy going through like sending different pulses through the body and measuring different energies in the body. And uh, so he was like measuring himself before and after the 45-minute flower ceremony. And he measures himself and literally in the course of, it was 44 minutes actually to be exact, but 44 minutes between the first measurement and the last measurement, Uh, He was like he saw huge improvements in terms of his overall energy levels, in terms of having an energy surplus before he had an energy deficit, and all sorts of like all his biomarkers, like his his brain waves changed a lot uh, for the better, and like a lot of things, a lot of markers improved. But the thing I was most amazed by uh, personally was that in forty four minutes, his real his chronological age was thirty eight years old. And this, this machine could measure like what he, what's called real age, which is like how well your body's actually functioning, right? And this is like a whole, there's like quite a lot of like, uh, I, there's a movement sort of around like lowering your real age that you work, you know, your body's working at, the most optimal level. And, you know, I've read like different things about people like, Oh, I did this and this, and I did this two year protocol using all these crazy supplements and using all sorts of, you know, very regimented, very strict lifestyle habits that they like implement and they reduce their real age by like eight years. And like, you know, in a, over the course of two years, they reduce their real age by like eight or 10 years, you know, and Alex, like his real chronological age was 38. And in, 44 minutes, he went from real age 41, meaning that was what he was registering at the beginning. And he went down to real age 36, you know, in, in 44 minutes. So he had, his real age had reversed like five years in 44 minutes, you know, <laughs> you know? people do it with crazy protocols for years to get like maybe, you know, five to 10 years. And this was in 44 minutes. So, so I know that when we tap into energetic codes that are Tapping us like plasma into this place of like non-toxicity of what are, what the blueprint is, then so many things are possible that we just would think are you know absolute. You know, I would have thought it was quackery probably at some point in my life, and maybe someone watching this is very skeptical and thinking this is all just a lot of like spiritual woo kind of stuff. But like you know. If, if that's you my question is have you actually explored it you know mm-hmm. have you really gone and dive deep or is this just a mental exercise for you you know because i for me i was raised in an intellectual household it would have been probably too tough to believe a lot of this stuff but if you get shown it and you get shown that you're wrong you know that <laughs> you have to either adapt your belief or just close your eyes you know yeah. and uh so I... yeah.
0: we experience trumps right we can learn as much as we can from books and just secondhand experiences but we got to live it ourselves to make those decisions to know what is real and true don't we and a lot of people don't even try things out of the blue or different because they're scared of uh having their beliefs challenged or having what they think they know is true be taken away from them because it's a scary thing when 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 what we think life is is suddenly like ripped away from us Right. And, and this is the journey, right? This is that path that this is to me, what awakening is and what, why I've called this show awaken with show, because it's the journey. It's the, it's the life journey. It's like opening our eyes, our heart, our mind to what's really here. And part of me feels like I've been on this journey for years. Yeah. Another part of me is like, I'm just getting started (laughs) because it's endless. (laughs) It's lifetime exploration of reality and life and here and love and existence and blessed blessed i am to be here with you adam blessed i am to be hearing your um frequencies and energies and sharing into this space and your passions and i love how you share and articulate the the beauty and the love of what you do and what you gift i guess you've had hundreds of people now go through your ceremonies here in Bali. Um, yeah, maybe I thousands, I don't know, but like a lot, a lot, and uh, you've touched many lives. So thank you for sharing these moments with me before we close any last things that you would, you would like to share or,
1: well, just thank you for having me on. And, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I really enjoyed this interview and I think you're a great interviewer. I could see this podcast going, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, blowing up for <laughs> someday. <laughs> millions of millions of followers but uh i really i really appreciate uh yeah the energy you give and i think yeah it's it's uh um yeah the main thing for that i that i tell people is just like find your sense of purpose and then you know commit to like what you know we're only here in this particular body one time you know you can believe in reincarnation or not believe in reincarnation but in this particular body you know You got, you have this experience right now and, uh, why not live the most, you know, beautiful epic version of that and why not really commit? And of course there needs to be surrender and faith for that to happen. Uh, you know, there has to be a trust in a higher power. At least from my perspective, I think that, um, sometimes, uh, you know, like people don't like the word God because, uh because of it's it's been co-opted in some degree some people feel or you know it's maybe, maybe it's, i mean it's uh, we can get into what you, whatever words you want to use um i don't think you need to use the word god but i think that connecting to a higher power of some source of some source <laughs> that was a <laughs> what i was meant to say of some sort <laughs> but, uh, slip up. uh of a higher power is uh you know and and really when you can see that we're just like this drop of water in the whole ocean but that the whole ocean is also rooting for us to to live this this deeper sense of purpose and harmony with the whole you know and you can form this connection uh of something that's both within you but also throughout everything else hmm. um you know i think that is one life i uh, really meta you know, metamorphosizes.
0: (laughs) Thank you.